Romans 8 and verse number 26. And reads this way. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Glory to his name. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Look at your neighbor for me and tell him, neighbor. It'll be all right. subject today is when you get your second wind. When you get your second wind. I'll admit that I am a serious sports fan. As a matter of fact, there was a time I felt like if I was seven inches taller and about 50 pounds lighter, I would have been the most powerful power forward in the NBA. Lacking the necessary physical attributes, I, I gave up on my NBA dreams. But I still love to watch sports. And so whenever there's a good basketball game or football game on television, if possible, I'll change my schedule to watch it or TiVo it so I can watch it later. Having one time in my life played the game I know experientially that there is an occurrence that happens within the framework of the game. And that occurrence, that happening, is one of the best friends of every athlete. And so as I watch basketball on our football game, I'm always amazed to see one of the athletes who seems to be completely out of energy. Amen. And yet, if you keep your eye on that athlete, for some reason before the game is over, they come roaring back 
into action. Amen. Well, time and experience has taught me that this phenomenon, this, this marvel, this, this miracle, this sensation is called the second wind. Amen. It is a burst of energy that gets the momentum, the drive, the initiative completely turned around. It is an intangible reality that gets a hold of one who is about to be counted out and takes them to the point where they are celebrating victory. This, this breath of vitality that allows one to get into the zone when it counts the most. This additional surge of energy is the key to giving it a little bit more when you really feel like giving it up. Amen. Amen. This, this extra bit of juice that comes when you thought you were juiced out. This this, this second wind that uh, puts a little bit of pep in your step, um, that shows up when, it thought, when you thought you were too poop to pop. This, this second wind that lets you know you had energy left that you didn't even know you had. Amen. This, this energy that shows up when you are convinced that you're just too tired to go on. Your mind is screaming to you, telling you that you are done. That's it. You can't go any further. Second wind is, is hard to describe. It's, it's difficult to define. It, it's not easy to explain apart from experiencing it. But most athletes will tell you that the second wind is one of the best friends they have. It, it, it's that thing that occurs that takes place when you are tired, Pastor Venice. When you are tired and the second wind comes that allows you to rise above that fatigue. Uh, you, you are experiencing at the moment. Just so that you can reach your goal. You see, you can have ability, you can have size, 
You can have desire. You can even have good technique. But if you are tired and there is no second wind, you are at a disadvantage. I was watching a boxing match on television. Two equally matched opponents. And in round one through nine, one of the opponents was severely beaten. Both eyes cut, bleeding, nose bleeding, mouth bleeding. I'm sitting and watching and saying to myself, why didn't you quit? If, if it had been left up to me, I wondered why I didn't quit in round five. It's round nine, and things are looking progressively worse. He's bleeding profusely, but he's still Swinging, injured, bruised, battered, beating, but he won't quit. Round 10 starts. And after the two minute mark of round 10, the battered one. The bruised one, the bloody one, the one that all of those onlookers thought should have thrown in the towel, wound up, <laughs> threw a right hand with all his might and knocked his appointment out. It occurred to me that life says you won't win every round. You will not win every round. But if you can just keep on fighting, if you can just keep on swinging, and oh, late, if you get that second win, you get that second win. And the irony was when they announced the winner, the winner looked like the loser. Amen. And the loser looked like the winner. Amen. Amen. You, you, you. I've discovered, I've discovered that even the Bible supports the idea of the second wind. The Bible is filled with stories about people getting their second wind. You do remember Abraham and Sarah. Abraham and Sarah, senior citizens. Huh? Senior citizens. 
got their retirement plan. What they're going to do for the rest of their lives. They had finished their first lap. They were in the land of Ur, preparing for a slower second lap. But then God speaks, and they get their second wind. And there they are, off to the land of Canaan, shopping for baby clothes. Amen. And God has given Abraham and Sarah a second wind. A amen. Amen. He's given them a second wind. And, and, and that's not all Moses. Moses had a pretty good first lap. He is heir apparent to Pharaoh of Egypt. But then he ends up in the wilderness. But then in the wilderness comes the second wind. A burning bush and a call to go back to the place where he's just escaped from and deliver his people out of Egypt. Lo and behold, when he did not even know it, the second lap awaited him. And the second lap was a whole lot faster than the first. Amen. The people of Israel, the people of Israel had, had a glorious first lap. But then because of their disobedience, they are taken into Babylonian exile. They're in Babylon, taken away from their home, captive in a foreign land. God calls to Ezekiel, Ezekiel the prophet, and tells him, said, Ezekiel, uh, I want to transport you here to a valley. I want to take you to this valley. And Ezekiel says, when he took me to the valley, he gave me a tour around the valley. And, and when I looked in the valley, all I saw uh, was a valley of dry bones. That, that's all I saw. Uh, and, and, and God now has me facing a people, a people who don't even believe themselves that they can experience a new life. A people who think to themselves, surely this is the end. We have reached the end of the race. But God says to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy to this people. And I want you to prophesy to them like you believe it is possible for them to live again. And as he began to prophesy to them, God sent the second wind. You see, the second wind is not just for athletes. Second wind is not just for people like Muhammad Ali or Michael Jordan or Venus and Serena Williams. The good news is every child of God has access to the second wind. 
ever since the day of Pentecost, second wind has been available for every twice-born, blood-washed child of God. In, in the New Testament, the Greek word for the Holy Spirit is pneuma. Pneuma is the New Testament also for wind. And it recalls that great nighttime conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. And Jesus says to Nicodemus, he says, Nicodemus, the wind blows where it wills. Now the word for wind is also the word for spirit. So Jesus is teaching us that there is something about the Holy Spirit that is comparable to the wind. The Holy Spirit is perhaps most like the wind in that it is to everyone available, reachable to everyone, but it cannot be controlled by anyone. Nobody can pin the Spirit down. And the Spirit is often depicted as a wind in the Bible. And so I want to liken the Holy Spirit to the second wind when we grow weary. Now I don't I don't mean to be offensive, but I gotta preach what God has given me. I believe that these times when that we're living in currently in the contemporary church. We are finding more and more people who are just plain tired. Tired. They are downhearted. They are pessimistic. They are discouraged. Amen. Understand that we are susceptible to depression and other emotional and mental disorders that plague mankind. I, I see Elijah, I see Elijah. He, he's on Mount Carmel. He has called down fire from heaven. Fire so powerful that it ignites the water around the sacrifice. But if I keep looking at Elijah, I find him in a cave. And I ask him, I said, Elijah, what are you doing in a cave? Caves are for bears. Prophets are not to be found in a cave. But Elijah says, Pharaoh, I'm here because I'm depressed. I'm so depressed until I'm considering dying. I, I'm, I'm troubled by the people of God. Says when I look at God's people, I, even I, am the only one that's left. When I look at the shape of God's people, I am dejected and I am sad. And God gives him an illustration of an earthquake. He shakes the mountain. He gives him an illustration of several different things, but he teaches him finally in the end that sometimes God whispers. 
and he whispers to him in a still, small, soft voice. Listen, in Romans 8 and 26, Paul makes this declaration. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Amen. Galatians 6 and 9 says, For we shall reap in due season if we faint not. And some of our churches are full of fainting folk. Amen. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. So I come today to, to say, if, if you are weak, amen, or if you are like the words of that song, weary, worn, and sad, if you are wrestling with disappointment today and struggling with despair, if finances and family are frustrating you, if you have lost a loved one, or if sickness is draining the vitality from your life, if there is any weakness in your life, are you dealing now presently in some areas of your life where you are weak and tired? Feeling as if your hands are tired. Your hopes are handcuffed. You got a haunting helplessness. And you've been coming to church hoping nobody discovers where you really are. It's one thing to be tired physically. It's an entirely different thing to be mentally and spiritually tired. Amen. Amen. You see, you are most vulnerable when you are tired and weak in your mind and in your spirit. A amen. 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 When you read the Bible, Adam got weak. He, he passed the gardener test, but he failed the Eve test. Huh? Yeah, he, he, he. Noah passed the ark test, but he failed the sobriety test. David passed the Goliath test, but he flunked the Bathsheba test. Will you pray with me? Amen. The enemy loves to attack us when we are weak and tired. Rarely, rarely will the adversary unleash his most ferocious attacks when our minds are full of positive thoughts and godly aspirations. And there comes a time in our race when we run out of strength. Amen. Amen. There comes a time when we have done all that it is in our power to do, and still we are unable. Amen. The message of the text is, there comes a time when we discover you can't do it by yourself. Amen. And that's a good discovery. 
Amen. The advice of the text is don't give up the fight. Don't throw in the towel. Amen. Keep on running. For you might be, even though you are totally unaware of, on the verge of catching your second wind. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen again. Paul says the wind, the Holy Spirit, listen to when it helps us. It helps us in our weakness. Amen. The, see, the role of the Holy Spirit is to advance us, to further us, to uplift us, to support us through and over our weaknesses and obstacles that is in our lives. It's in the Holy Spirit that we find the power to help in our weakness. Pastor Venice, if there's one thing that the church needs, and certainly we need more than one thing, but if there's one thing that the church needs, the church needs some power. Huh? The church needs some more power. What, what, what good is doctrine without power? Huh? See, see, the church without power is simply a social club. Huh? Where folk meet on Sunday morning to see folk they haven't seen since last Sunday morning. A amen. See, the church without power is simply a social club. Praying without power is an exercise in futility. Amen. Amen. Bible study without power is just a weekly book club. Huh? Singing without power is sanctimonious noise. And preaching without power is meaningless chatter. Amen. Wherever you find a trustee board or a deacon board without power is organized deadness. If our lives are to truly make a difference for Christ, we need the power of the second wind. We need, I'm talking about people who are already indwelt with the Holy Spirit. We need a second wind. A amen. We need the Holy Spirit. Paul has us to know that the Holy Spirit of God is there to help us in our deepest dilemmas. But you've got to be humble enough to ask for help. Amen. Amen. I tell folk at St. Mark, I say, you know, one of the problems with service is ain't no sinners there no more. I tell them, if they know where some sinners are, let me know. I'll pick them up on Sunday morning. I would love the opportunity to preach to sinners. But our church is full of folk who are, who are sinners and won't humble themselves to say, it's me. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. We ain't got no sinners. No wonder the ushers don't have to do nothing no more. We don't have, when's the last, I tell for, when is the last time, you know, I was raised in a church where everybody 
used to bring handkerchiefs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Men and women used to bring handkerchiefs because, now listen, you may not believe this, but men used to cry. Huh? Under the power and the influence of the Holy Ghost, people couldn't sit in church all cool and calm like they all righteous and everything. When the word of God went forth, people would cry. People would break down. But we ain't got no sinners no more. We ain't got no sinners no more. You got to be humble enough to cry out, help! I am not what I appear to be. Help! I don't have it all together. Help! And it doesn't make what doesn't make any difference where the cry comes from. If it comes from the pulpit, it's all right, huh? If it comes off the deacon board, it's all right. The important thing is not where the cry comes from. The important thing is that you are humble enough to admit, I need help. And I need it right now. Because I'm tired of being tired. I'm tired of coming to church tired and going home tired. I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of being tired. Paul says, here's the good news. We've got access to a second wind that allows us to press on, to fight on, even when the road gets rough. Whatever you do, don't throw in the towel. Don't give up the fight. Keep on running the race. Listen, if you struck out at the plate, keep on swinging. When the road is rough and the going gets tough, God will send the second wind. I heard him say this, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not fade or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even you shall faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. Ah, but those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I come to tell you, the days may be weary and the nights may be long, but you just hold on. Just hold on. If it don't come on Monday, hold on till Tuesday. If it don't come on Tuesday, hold on to Wednesday. If it don't come on Wednesday, hold on to Thursday. But if you wait on him, he'll give you a second win.
He'll give you a second wind. Amen. We've been trying to do too much in the church without the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We need it desperately. This has been one of the most upsetting weeks in American history. Every time you turn on the news, America looks like the Wild West. We're killing one another, shooting one another. We've lost all respect, all regard for one another and got all these churches. And I'm trying to figure out, now we got all these churches and all these cities and if God is at work in the world, then why are we having so much violence? Why can't we get along? Why can't we respect one another? And I hear the Bible saying you need a second wind. That's what you need. You got talent and you got gifts and you got abilities, but you need a second wind. You've been trying to do this thing on your own. And you can't do God's business on your own. And if you want God in your business, you got to get in God's business. Yeah. We need the second win. Yes. Ezekiel prophesied to those bones. The Bible says there was a rattling in the valley. They came together. But that wasn't the complete work. God says you got to do it again. But this time, don't prophesy to the bones. Prophesy to the wind. Prophesy to the wind. And the winds began to blow. And when the winds began to blow, ah, the people rose up a great and exceeding army. Amen. We got to invite God back to church. Huh? <laughs> We got to ask God, God, please come back. <laughs> we didn't know you meant it when you said you would leave us by ourselves. We've been having church as usual and didn't even know you was gone. Please, God, come back. Come back. We can't do nothing till you come. Come back. We opening the doors of the church and rarely receiving anybody. And we won't till you come back. Pastor Venice, when I was called to preach at New Mission Baptist Church, when it was that sweet little white chapel, I wish I could remember his name. There was an elderly preacher that used to be here every Sunday. He spoke to me in Pastor Smith's office. He said, Farrell, whatever you do, don't fool around and let God lay you off. I said, lay you off? Reverend, what do you mean? He said, Pharaoh, yes, there are men pastoring churches 
God laid them off, and they ain't got the news yet. I've been scared ever since. I don't want him to lay me off. I don't want him to walk away from me. I don't want to wind up trying to preach without his anointing, without his power. So every day, I'm doing my level best to try to walk in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Amen. I want him to walk with me, not just on Sundays. I want him to be with me. I want him to be all in my house. I want him to be with my wife. I want him to be with my children. I want him to be all over me. Amen. Amen. And here we are now, 2016. Amen. All of us trying to figure out what the problem is. The problem is so simple. We need desperately the awesome ministry of the Holy Spirit. Listen, Ventus can't tell me if I'm wrong. He can holler it 52 Sundays a year. And if I don't want to hear it, I ain't going to hear it. Ah, but what I love about the Holy Ghost. What I love about the Holy Ghost is the Holy Ghost. Listen, the Holy Ghost will let you put your pajamas on. Get in the bed. Pull the cover up around your head. And then wait just as good till you comfortable and then say, hey, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. We got stuff we need to talk about. We need, listen, if the Holy Ghost is working in your life, he can tell you when you're wrong and then tell you how to get right. Huh? See, there's a word that used to be in the church. We threw it out. It's called repentance. Repentance. We're talking about back when the preachers, huh? Wasn't scared. And the preachers used to tell you, if you don't be born again, you on your way to hell. And the power, oh my goodness, the power of the Holy Spirit was at work in the church. Amen. Because we used to have another thing, and we got to get that back too. It was called the fear of the Lord. You remember? Uh -huh. You remember when you used to get whoopings and it wasn't from your parents? Huh? 
children that didn't just run all over the church. Huh? Yeah. And you didn't come to church dressed any kind of way. Huh? One of their mothers would stop you. Come here, baby. Come here. Come here. Come here. Now listen. You, you go home. Take that off. You go home and put something on. Then come back. And if you ain't got nothing else, let me know and I'll get you something else to put on. Okay, I'm going to stop. I'm through. I'm, I'm, I'm going to. I'm, I'm, I'm going to. I'm, I'm going to. If I keep, keep it up, y'all won't let me come back next year. I'm going to stop. I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Let me, let me share this with you and then I'm through. Pete Seagull, famous banjo player, did some research and to find out where the song Blowing in the Wind came from. It's been attributed to Bob Dylan. The song is really not the property of Bob Dylan. The song comes from a Negro protest song. And the song was in origi originally entitled, No More Auction Blocks. <laughs> Amen. Amen. No more auction blocks. Listen to what the song says. It raises this question. How many roads must a man walk down before you call him? A man. And how many seas must a white dove sail before she sleeps in the sand? Yes, how many times must the cannonballs fly before they're forever banned? The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. Yes, how many years can a mountain exist before it's washed to the sea? How many years can some people exist before they are allowed to be free? Yes, how many times can a man turn his head pretending he just doesn't see? The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. Yes, how many times must a man look up before he can see the sky? How many ears must one man have before he can hear people cry? How many deaths will it take till he knows that too many people have died? The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. We need fresh winds to blow in our lives. In our lives. That that, that high from Sunday morning doesn't last too long now. Sometimes you can't even get out the parking lot before all kinds of thoughts come. See, technology is fighting against the work of the Holy Spirit. Well, 
I don't know if you can, listen, I don't know if you can watch Empire and not be affected by it. I don't know if you can watch two men hugging and kissing and not be affected by it and maintain your Christianity. Huh? Yeah. They call it pushing the envelope to see how far they can go. But sometimes we need to realize that television is a great enemy of our Christian faith. Scandal is just that. Amen. Amen. They call it scandal and it's scandalous. Amen. And you just can't watch all of that stuff and not be affected. It affects your spirit. Amen. And we have to remember who we belong to. Who we belong to. Amen. Amen. God bless you. May God keep you. Amen.